We're live. <laughs> yeah, we Hello. are. Hey, Natasha. Hello. These weeks go by so fast, you know. I mean, and I'm kind of glad they do because this is a, it's a, we really enjoy doing the show. Now we're in our second. We're actually two years past two years already. So, um, yeah. it's interesting. You know, uh, later on down the line, because these are all online, let's say after five years goes by, we'll be able to see ourselves slowly age, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and we'll be talking about the same things, you know, because it's like going to, uh, to church every week and you think people could just go into a church and, you know, the pastor would give one sermon to them about love and doing the right thing. They wouldn't need to come back again because they just all go and do it. But as human beings, as we found out in our spiritual walks, uh, uh, it's not that easy, you know. I just introduced myself quick. I'm Regan Forston. I have a, a uh, my website is visittheafterlife.com. I'm a certified facilitator therapist for the Newton Institute. That's my specialty, where um, I help people to receive a deep uh, state of uh, trance through hypnosis. And uh, we have this process which allows people to expand their awareness to the other side. Uh, as you see, Natasha can do it kind of directly, but uh, most of us can't do that. So we have this process which kind of turns us into being like mediums where we actually see mm -hmm. and feel and get information from the other side. Uh, the sessions are about 90% successful. Seems like we all have that ability. Um, we just need to know how to access it, you know, to get answers and questions to uh things we have about our life and um natasha why don't you introduce yourself and then we can tell tell them what the topic is for today so i'm natasha venter and i'm a psychic medium personal awareness life coach which i'm a little bit more than that because i cover a lot of different realms and different yeah. things and can go different places quickly and you know i'm and i do it without judgment and i do it without you know, harshness. And I want everybody to know that, you know, when we're here, we're trying to do it in a way that, you know, we're in the 3D world body here, doing a lot of things and doing a lot of negotiations. And so Regan and I like to help bring the spirituality of the work of the soul. You know, that's why it's called the dance of the soul, because we're still human in the human body as we have a soul that wants to do its work. So as we're doing this work and doing the things that, you know, it's about doing the spiritual work, but yet the more we're in our body and the more we do our work in the body, the more that we can um, find our spirituality a little differently. And Regan and I don't really work on one belief system or the other. It's about the whole gamut of who are we in the dance that we do. And so today the, the conversation is going to be about judgment. Uh, and many of us are very self-judging. And as I'm doing this yeah. book study um, with this one book, that we're finding out how much we are judgmental to ourselves because of the fact that, you know, there is this dance that it's like, how do, why do I believe that? And where is that coming from? And, you know, why do I have to be this perfectionist? person when I don't even want to be perfect, you know, but yet these little whispers and stories come out at us. And how do we negotiate those? How do we be that person in that story? And that's the dance that we got to kind of, and we got to navigate it because it's the life that we live. It is the life that we live. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about judgment 
Uh, we're going to start with uh, judgment of ourselves because that's probably the biggest thing. Um, if you're watching this uh, over the next few days, um, be mindful. And I'm just mentioning that to you, people out there, you'll, if you just think, oh, okay, I'm going to think of every time during the day that I'm judging myself and you'll be surprised. I mean, we do it so naturally, so frequently that it's kind of part of us. Uh, mm -hmm. And the more mindful we can be about self-judgment, um, if you're just mindful that you're about to judge yourself or you just did, uh, the easier it's going to be for you to move, move on from that to, you know, use a few techniques we might give you today to stop being so judgmental of yourself. Uh, it, Natasha, would you agree? I think that that the, um, you know, the the most judgmental thing that we do that probably does, uh, it slows down our progress or maybe does a little bit of abuse to ourselves <clears throat> is the fact of thinking that that anytime we're not what we consider perfect, you know, that we are judgmental of ourselves and somehow in a negative way. And maybe the first thing we need to realize is that nobody's perfect and that we, you know, we can, if we could just eliminate that right off the bat by maybe being a little disappointed in ourselves or something, but not so, <clears throat> I don't know, cruel to ourselves of just, ah, I hate myself because we see that we haven't reached perfection, you know, because I don't know anybody that's kind of reached that, you know. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing is, is that, you know, when you talk about um, judgment, we also have to talk about, um, about success, you know, and that just popped in my head when you were saying mm -hmm. that is, is that, you know, we think of failure as, as something that is a negative thing when actually it's part of the stepping up the ladder. Right. You know, and with that, that stepping up the, the ladder, it's like, you know, let's say somebody is um, starting a new job, let's say, you know, and they're trying to figure it out. And, you know, we're, we're wanting to do everything right. And it's like, how can we do it right when we don't even know the system, you know, right. and there's, you know, I've had a couple people who, you know, are, you know, changing positions, even in like my school that I work in, you know, we're changing positions and they know how to kind of do it. They've witnessed it. They've been in that classroom, but still it's going to be new for them. I said, oh, it's like kind of like getting a new phone. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like getting a new phone. You know, we got to we kind of know how to use a phone, but we got to remember how or we got to know how to use the phone that we have. And so there's that ladder stepping. And yet we judge that. Why can't I do this on my phone? I just got it and I want to do it right now, yeah. you know, and the, it's like, no, it, it, everything takes time. And but we don't give ourselves time. Yeah. And that's yeah. the scary thing is, is that we don't, and it is scary. We don't give ourselves time. Well, we give up uh, too, too quickly sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, uh, have a, a client that uh, went to work for FedEx and um, this young man. And um, after the first week, he just said, I'm going to quit. I just can't get this computer stuff that I have to do of navigating where to go and how everything to do. He was so overwhelmed. So um, I just talked him into, I said, look, just give it a month. Don't quit. You know, don't, don't quit after a week, give it a month, you know? And well, now three months later, he, he's like their top, he can deliver more packages than anybody, you know, and he just navigated around. So that's a good example of, 
of uh, don't, you know, sometimes we're, you know, we want to try something new. And mm-hmm. um, if, if we don't get it right away, that, the children are like that sometimes. They get frustrated, you know, mm-hmm. because they can't, they see the adults doing a certain thing and then they try it and they can't. And they just want to give up sometimes because they figure they just can't do it. But we could really do so much more if we just hang in there for a little bit. I it know. There's, there's It does take time. Yeah. And like for me, there's sometimes where I'm like going, they're, they're getting upset about they can't do it. I said, you're a first grader. You're not supposed to know how to do it yet. Right. Yeah. You That's know, a good way. You're, you're a second grader. How are you supposed to know how to spell that? Mm-hmm. You're a second mm-hmm. grader. You know, give yourself time. You know, well, we started so early because, you know, for some reason, somewhere in the dance of life that, you know, somebody's told us, why don't you know how to do it? Or we, in ourselves, sometimes it's our own makeup. It's our own mind's game. It's our own wiring that we (laughs) started out with, you know, this, you know, well, I know how to do it. And this is my observation. Sometimes it's a very old soul coming into a body and they have to remember how to be young again, you know, because that old soul knows how to do things, but then the mind and the body are kind of like going, but there's a part of me that knows what to do and I, and I can't do it, but, but I'm here doing it. And yet I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a second grader body and yet I know what to do and, and I can't do it, you know, and it's, it's this thing that that how do we negotiate these things that we know how to do and yet we're still you know even if we're 50 even if we're 60 even if we're 40 if we're 30 you know there's times that we don't know better to do better but yet we think we should because there's a part of us that knows what to do but yet this body this knowing has not done it yet yeah well you know um maybe you can answer this too in a way, I mean, I, I understand it intuitively. You, you would think that since we're born, you know, we come back time after time after time, um, and then, you know, we're little babies and we're adult, if we've already have that knowledge of what it's like to be human from other lives and everything, why don't we, you know, out of the, uh, you know, come out of the birth canal and go, hey, doc, you know, how you doing, you know, <laughs> and, and let me get back to work on my project, that, you know, that I had from my past life. You know, there seems to always be this um, this period of, of of getting to uh, up to speed again. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and it, I don't know exactly how to explain it, and it, it's it's kind of what happens. Although every once in a while, there's somebody like Mozart or something that comes in, and it, you know, five or six years old, they're they're playing like a a prodigy, you know, or they're a prodigy, as I guess they call them, these kids that seem to have the awareness. So some of us get to work sooner than others and come to this awareness of the abilities but most of us it's just like you know learning to walk all over again you know exactly but you know we talk about mozart knowing but i bet you he was on the spectrum yeah and when you're on the spectrum there's a part of your wiring of your brain that knows oh yeah that picks up certain things really really quick Exactly. And then there's other parts of the brain that it's it's not bogged down with. But if you're talking about someone who is, I don't want to call normal, because yeah. there's no normal, right. but someone who is in the um, ability to be more well-rounded, I'm going to call it, you know, you know, there's not a logistic right word about it, but yet, you know, the, the, cause we all have scenarios, you know, we all have something that, that we, 
we struggle with. You know, yeah. there's always a thing. We each have a thing. What is our thing? And, you know, even though I'm dyslexic, but yet I'm well-rounded in a lot of a lot of scenarios, right? So how can I be more well-rounded yet being well-rounded? And this is the one thing that my dad taught me was, is that, you know, he was a master of many, but I mean, he was a knower of many facets, but he was a master at nothing. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and I would agree with you. You're amazing on how you know how to negotiate many things but yet at the same time, though, for me, I would rather be, and I, that's what I know. I have a knowing of many things. If I walk in to get my car worked on, I know how to talk to the mechanic. If I'm, if I have somebody here who is doing construction, I know how to interact with them. Now, can I work on it? No. Can I work on my car? No. So I'm not a master at it, but I have knowings of it. And that's if we can get more to where we can step from one thing to another and kind of say, hmm, I have an understanding. I don't know the logistics of it, but I have an understanding of it. So how can I get more into that tune? Now, you know, if you're talking about computers with me, yeah, that's that's a little different story. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. getting better, you know, but at the same time, though, logistically, you know, it's how do we negotiate it? But the reason why we don't come into this world with a full-fledged knowing is because if we came in knowing of everything, we wouldn't have a, um, a sincerity to learn. We wouldn't have a, a naiveness to learn. Mm-hmm. And if we come in with a little bit more naiveness, with um, with you know an unawareness, then we come at it with more of a open-mindedness to negotiate this world. Not to say that we're open-minded; we're we're not open-minded, many of us. But yet we have more of an open-mindedness than if we, let's say, if we already knew how to work on cars, you know. Uh, you know, it's one of those things or like somebody who um, who knows how to speak and write Spanish. Do they always take Spanish in high school? No, they choose another language. You know, it, it, it's that thing that we always our humanness is curious enough to go. Hmm. What is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, so if we come in with a full knowing now, I came in with a lot of knowings. But yet at the same time, there's sometimes when somebody's talking about something, I go, oh, that's that part that I know that's been whispering around and and not without any language. You know, it was kind of like that, you know, fly floating around the house. You know, it was like, oh, now I can catch that flying and put a name to it and and put a language to it because it's like now I know a little bit more what it is instead of it being out in the ethers. Yeah. Well, I learned <clears throat> one thing. um, Sometimes, uh, if if we're thinking of different skills and things that we want to learn personally, um, and you say like a jack of all trades, that was kind of me in the entertainment field. Like when I was a a performer, going from fair to fair and mall to mall, and you know, school to school, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I I only had to learn a certain amount, you know, to fill like an hour show. I had to, in other words, I I knew some magic. Uh, some ventriloquism, you know, some juggling, uh, some mime, 
mm -hmm. know, and all these skills. Um, people, after seeing a show, they would think I was a master at all of those, but I was a master of one part of those skills. You know, like uh, when I, I would do corporate events and I would get paid thousands of dollars a night to just walk around at their events doing close-up magic. So I, uh, I learned about 20 magic tricks really, really good out of the thousands that there are, okay? Because, you, you know, I'm with a group for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and I go to another group and another group. So all I had to do is to be proficient and an expert on a small amount of tricks, but it gave the illusion that I was a master magician, you know? Mm -hmm. And I always said that was funny, you know? That I would uh, that I would do that. So it's just like uh, in the handwriting when I became a handwriting analyst, um, uh, where I made a lot of money just um, uh, doing people's handwriting at different events and things. That uh, corporate would have me come in, and people would have them write a, I'd have them write a sentence, and I knew uh, twenty basic characteristics that handwriting shows. You know, so and I knew those just backwards and forwards, just those twenty things. And again, I could get paid thousands of dollars a night just to do those since I was just an expert in that little bit, that little part of it. So maybe sometimes we don't have to think that we have to to know everything about everything. Even these people that do computer work, when I talk to uh, people up and coming and some of them, they're just really, 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 really good. But some of them are only good. They're experts at programming. Others are, you know, experts in fixing things or, you know, viruses and things. Mm -hmm. But most of them will say no. You know, it's impossible to know, you know, every you have find someone that can do everything that there is to know about computers and that. Uh, and it's just about life. Like here, I'm here. You know, I found out when I was on the other side for the hours I spent over there. And they told me that um, my mission to come down here was to learn kindness. That was my main goal for being in this life. That one thing, you know, there was some there were some other things like doing this spiritual work that I'm doing was one of the things. But the main focus was to learn to be kind. And um, you think, gosh, you know, I can handle more than that, you know, hey, give me give me a bunch of stuff to learn, you know, and I have like these sublets. But when I realize looking back now that my journey and learning to be kind has been lifelong, you know, I'm in my 70s now and I feel I'm starting to get the hang of it now. But there's a lot more uh, that comes like they say, kindness is love with work boots on. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a lot of work to, you know, you think, oh, it's easy to be kind. I'll just be nice to everybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke uh you know it takes um a lot of effort because kindness um to go out of your way to do things for people uh sometimes um it, you have to become very unselfish you know uh and so i don't i don't run myself down anymore for not being perfect being the perfect kind person but all i do is i look back a year ago at, at who i was and look at now and i can see that i'm making this steady step by step progression of being kind yeah and mm -hmm. um and it's uh it, it feels good so i've learned to not be so rough on myself as i was when i was younger because so many times i would fail like when you when you put your mind mind on something that you know you're working on like patience or kindness or you know uh, anger management like i teach uh, and actually had to go through myself to get that balance uh even that you know people know to watch the show before i went through three years of classes every thursday night for three hours for three years to mm -hmm. try to learn how to deal with feelings of anger that i had to channel it in the proper way so i didn't do any damage to people and uh <clears throat> you know i just went how did i do that when i look back now like every thursday three years but it was something that i had to go through to get to where i wanted to be you know 
and I still have occasions, not very often, but uh, you know, I had something happen this week. Uh, somebody it was like somebody was trying to kind of um, pull one over on me, a salesperson or something. I forget what it was this week, and I instantly inside felt like my inside was like felt like punching him, you know, but I didn't, you know, and I handle it. But I had that feeling; those feelings of anger came up inside, and I went, you know, and I started feeling guilty and bad that I had those feelings. But hey we all, we have the feelings. It's what you do with the feelings that matters, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then not, not, you know, we're all human. We yeah. are all human. And that's the practice to do better. And that's one of my mantras is I'm practicing to do better to create this, um, you know, okay. I, I did, I was angry with that person. That's okay. It's okay <laughs> to be angry with someone. And then go, okay, but I didn't act on it. I'm not going to act on it. And, you know, it, it's that how do you negotiate it afterwards? And I'm going to tell you that if you're someone who has a very um, rough time being hard on yourself, you know, find those quick mantras, you know, I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm perfectly. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. It doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a, in a, in a language of, you know, uh, easy, you know, it's what works, find something that works for you to create, um, something that, that creates less judgment for thyself. You know, I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm new, 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 you know, um, give myself a break, give myself a break, give myself a break. You know, if you're noticing that it's just whatever would come to me and use it for something to help, uh, that process. And many times if we can practice first, the, the reaction to interaction, you know, then that, that self-judgment will slowly go away. And, and that's the thing that's different about a lot of people is they react quickly. You know, I want to do it. I need to do it. Uh, I have to do it perfectly. I, I, you know, it's that reaction instead of breathing and saying, you know, and, and so, you know, when we do something that's, let's say, um, spilt coffee on the computer, you know, mm. instead of saying, oh, you dumb, da, 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 blah, 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 you know, breathe, <sighs> breathe, <sighs> you know, what can you do and, and go, accidents happen, right? accidents happen. And, you know, how can we negotiate that? And I was talking with someone yesterday that was so proud of, a, of one of their family members because, you know, they were together for the first time in a couple of Christmases. And, and, you know, one of the siblings said, Oh my gosh, that person grew up because of the fact that instead of getting, you know, spilling milk and then getting upset and it ruined the rest of their day because they were in such judgment about that moment that they started breathing a little bit and they, they knew that it, accidents happen. We just clean it up, you know? Yeah. Well, there was a, two, two of my daughters, there was a, a really contrast in one of them one time. Like I was with one, we were uh, going somewhere, had this, she had this nice new dress on or something. We're at the restaurant and she spilled some chocolate or something on it. And that was ended her day. I mean, she was so upset and everything, I cried and blah, blah, you know. And it just that little bit of spilled something on there on this new 
dress and she just it's almost like she couldn't function for a few hours you know uh-huh. and and then uh i'm with one of my other daughters a few months later same scenario happened and she goes ah doggone it okay let me just get some of this off and we went it was like she was over it in a couple of minutes you know there was always that oh no my my i got this one there people are going to see it and everything but mm-hmm. I was so happy just to see that 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 uh, one of my daughters was able to do that. You know, and the other one I think has since changed and can. It's not a big deal anymore. But uh, uh, I like I I, uh, I like that. Uh, you know, my significant other Patty here. She's so good with that. I mean, she'll spill something and just like ah, okay, you know, boom, a few seconds and it's it's uh, it's okay. You know, uh, and I'm kind of that way too. You know, like oh, I I, I was doing some painting this week. And um, I was in a hurry to get it done. Also, I'm a painting and I dropped some. I got on my pants and I went, oh, wow, these are my better pants. I should have put on my work pants. So I got it off the best I could and I went in and changed so that the rest of the paint that I ended up spilling over the period of painting, I, I got on my pants that are ready to accept it, you know. Yeah, but exactly. Did, you know, but, uh, you know, I just thought, OK, next time, next time. Remember, paint pants first, you know. So hopefully I've learned that lesson now for good, you know, so you know. <laughs> I get impatient well, sometimes, you know, and think, oh, it's just going to be a few minutes. I can, I can stay back. I won't get, I'll be real careful. I won't get any paint, but paint, paint knows just how to get on everything. You know, it, it does. It does. But that's the thing is, is that how can we negotiate these judgments that we have on ourselves? And I know that a lot of our judgments come from being very young. You yeah. know, we get, we hear our parents are our siblings or, you know, siblings, you know, they're the roughest on us many times. You're so stupid. What are you thinking? You know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they want to be better than ourselves. So how do we get out of these patterns that have been taught to us? And that's yeah. the thing is it's just becoming aware of it. Yeah. You know, becoming and, aware of it. And like I think we're saying, okay, the first thing we want to help people with is uh, like you and I have done and many other people is to, um, be mindful that you are um, that you are disappointed in yourself, that you are kind of running yourself down just to be aware that you're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. the second step is to think, hey, wait a minute. OK, I know Regan and Tasha says nobody's perfect and I believe them. And they because we all know that we all know we're not perfect. OK. And then, um, you know, once you kind of realize that, then you can start to manage it, you know, a bit mm-hmm. and you can just take a breath like you're saying. You know, okay, not so bad. No babies died here, you know, kind of like exactly. it's not that big a deal. And I'm perfectly imperfect. Okay, I love myself and then move on, you know, because we do, you know, if you think about it, we do a lot of um, a lot of uh, damage to ourselves. We cause ourselves so much stress, uh, so much uh, inner turmoil when, when, we're, when we're so hard on ourselves that way, mm-hmm. you know. And as I mentioned before, when we do the tapping, you know, where people talk about, you know, even though I felt like smacking my boss in the mouth, he was so mean to me. I love and accept myself, you know, even though I have this fear, even though I have this pain or whatever, and I'm such a horrible person. Oh, no, 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 really. I love and accept myself, you know, as we're doing this. So, you know, you acknowledge that you have feelings, that you have feelings of anger and everything, but then you, you kind of go to your higher self and go, it's okay. You know, I love and accept myself, even though I have these, negative thoughts, even mm-hmm. have negative feelings. And it's the first key to actually accepting yourself and being okay that you're just, I'm okay with all my warts and things. Don't you love it when you see people sometimes that 
they're the kind of people that says, I don't care what anybody says about me. <laughs> you know, that's their deal. Wow. Does that free you up? You know, because sometimes we're so concerned about the judgment of others. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone said, oh, someone didn't like the speech that I gave, you know, like they get, you know, with the Internet now, it, 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 you know, and when people go to a concert and you'll have <clears throat> you never read about a concert or some performance or something and get up where 100 percent of the people say they loved it. You're going to have people say, oh, that was the best show I ever had. So you're going to find someone there that say, oh, my God, they really sucked. That was horrible. Exactly. You know? So, you know. And that's one of the four agreements, right? Mm -hmm. of, uh, which there's that book, again, we, we push on here that's sold millions of copies called The Four Agreements. It's by, I always forget his name, but it's... Um, uh, Raul uh, Miguel, Miguel... Ruiz, is it? Yes. Yeah. Something, Miguel Ruiz or something? Yes. Like that. But mm -hmm. If you just type it on the internet, The Four Agreements, it's a short little book and it'll change your life if you begin to agree with the agreements. And one of the four is to not uh, to not be critical of yourself by, by what other people say about you, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's positive or negative, because everybody's coming from their own reality, not yours. Just because someone comes up and says, oh, you're the worst comedian that I've ever seen. Does that mean you're the worst comedian? No, that's their interpretation or that's then they're coming their from perception. their perception, their perception. Right. You mm -hmm. know, or say, oh, you're ugly. You know, well, yeah, I mean, the, look at a simple thing like that. You get 10 guys, you get 10 um, pretty women up in front there and 10 guys and some of them will and everybody would rate everybody different because everybody is different different perceptions different, different perceptions right you know yeah so um you know I, just well, because, I think yeah go yeah, ahead well someone could say wow you're the you, you're you're the nicest you know you're the best person i ever met does that mean i'm the best person in the world no that's their perception of me you know mm -hmm. which is nice but that doesn't mean that's my reality of who i am Exactly, exactly. And I know that we're not necessarily talking about skills to to negotiate self-judgment or right. judgment of others, but we're giving perceptions to help you understand that that, you know, sometimes when we get a bigger picture, it comes down. And that's the thing that I want to ask people is, is that do you have a scale to know what this rates at? So let's say spilt milk. Does that rate at a normal 10 for you and 10 is the high or mm -hmm. does that rate at a one for you? Like, eh, it's a thing, you know, mm -hmm. and because of the fact that when we have judgment, we looking at where things rate, is this life altering or is this something that's just, you know, a spill on the shirt that I can wash out. It's just <laughs> embarrassing to walk with it through the day, you know, because somebody's going to judge it, but you know, it's like, I know that they spill something on them th sometime point through their life. So why should they judge me? And that's why I don't judge is because if I haven't done it in this lifetime, I've done it in another lifetime. So why should I judge? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's a thing. And so how can we negotiate these stories? But I can tell you that if we start working with a scale, is this going to change my world? Right. Yeah. You know, is this a big thing? Like we say in the school, is this a big thing or is this a little thing? Is somebody bleeding or is this a tattle that you're just uncomfortable with what they did? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and Patty so told, using that. Go ahead. Patty told me about this child that uh, just shows you how uh, people can react. He was three, four years old, I guess. Um, his mom gave him this hot dog 
and he squeezes the bun to take a bite of the hot dog and the hot dog shot out and fell on the floor, you know, and he saw that fly on the floor and he was crying for like 10 minutes, you know, like it was the end of the world because his mm -hmm. hot dog flew out of the bun. Well, <laughs> that's how sometimes we are as adults when these little things happen and we, we just overreact and where's that come from? You know, so we have to like, we have to start taking life a little bit easier. Like, you know, I just had my van day painted a few months ago down in Mexico where I remember I spent like eight days mm -hmm. down there, had it all nice and painted. Everything's perfect. Well, about two weeks ago, uh, someone was in our driveway or the way it is. I had some workers that were here. They were parked. So I parked in where Patty usually does, which is a little bit skinnier. So it's such, it's this big sprinter van. So it's, it's 19 mm -hmm. feet long. So as I'm going around this corner and all of a sudden I hear a, you know, and I realized that the rock wall that I just scraped about a five foot section of my van coming in, you know, oh, and, no. uh, uh, you know, new paint job. So, uh, I was really happy, proud of myself because I kind of went, you know, Oh, bleep for, ah, I mean, I got out and looked at it and then I just went, ah, you know, I'll get some touch up paint. I, nothing I could do about it, you know? Yeah. So I felt good that I was able to, you know, not cuss up and down and, you know, it's, it, you see people that get new cars and they park way out in the parking lot. They take up two spaces so nobody can get on either side, you know. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, I always thought, you know, if I had a son and he bought a new car, I would uh, go down, help him pick up the car. We'd drive two blocks. I'd get out. I'd get in the trunk and take a crowbar. And I'd say, this is your brand new car. And I would just go, bam, there's your first dent. Now you don't have to worry about that for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Get well, it over with, you know? Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing happen. that, exactly. And that's the thing about, you know, self-judgment is, is that it's okay to be upset. Yeah. Freaking fracking, you know? <laughs> and, but what are we mad at? Are we mad at our, you know, we can be upset with ourselves. That happened. You know, I got, you know, scratched up my paint. I should have known better to do better. But here it is. And yeah. how long do we stay in that moment of, erg, why did I do it? Yeah. Compared to, does that last days or does it last a moment? Which, lasting a moment, it's okay to be mad and upset that something happened. Yeah. That's where I've been practicing a lot with um, practicing at what is happening, not who is doing it. Yeah. I'm practicing a lot with what is happening? You know, because if what is happening, oh, he ran a stoplight and, and almost ran into me, you know, well, not he ran the stoplight, the car ran a stoplight and almost hit me. Okay. I'm safe. You know, it's like, it's that getting it out of, out of the, um, the noun and getting it into a, an open-ended perception of, Okay, what is that teaching me? Oh, be aware more of my surroundings, you know. So what is it? What are we doing to negotiate these things? And, you know, forgiveness doesn't necessarily make it all right, but it makes it better. It makes it better for us. And when we can go through those, those negotiations of being angry, something happened, yet is it the end of the world, you know, so you got to spend a little money on some touch up paint, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, um, you know what, you know, there's certain things that are happening around here that, you know, it's like, okay, that happened. 
you know, I can't really, you know, it's like, it's a thing that happened. It's a thing that happened yeah. in life. And what can I do around it? What can I do with it? Um, you know, like, let's say, you know, we had a rough morning and walked in the door five minutes late and to work, you know, it's like, what can we do to negotiate these things about judgment? It is what it is. And many times we have, we don't spend the time looking at what is before we judge it. You know, we, yeah. we look at the perception that we should have about it but no it's not what we should have of it it's what is it yeah uh, you know some things aren't as easy we're, we're talking about the little things but wow i was just thinking of uh, a person that i know who uh when he was a teenager it was uh, joyriding drinking and stuff they had a big crash and the person that he had in the passenger seat there um for the last 20 years has been uh paralyzed and um, wow, you know, just think of this self, um, you know, how, how a person could begin to hate themselves for being so irresponsible and uh, being responsible for uh, another person being paralyzed the rest of their life, you know, or someone who's a drunk driver, who's a good person, maybe has a little too much to drink. It goes through a stop sign and, and kills people, you know, mm -hmm. even if they end up in jail for manslaughter or something how does somebody how does somebody not uh hate themselves for that you know um i i mean it's that's tough those are tough ones and those things happen they do they really do and and that's the thing though is is that you know you know going in and paying you know let's say causing an, an a wreck you know where somebody was hurt you know we have we have to live with that humanness that we were for that moment i didn't know better to do better at that moment and it doesn't make it right you yeah. know and then we can only ask for forgiveness you know there's times where i um do something that's a little unconscious because you know as i'm human sometimes you know and it's like oh please i forgive please forgive me uh you know i'm sorry that i did that you know and energetically i just kind of try to heal the process of that yeah. and um and try to do better but then that's where we are responsible we are very much responsible for the yeah. actions that we cause and if we can really work on doing that at the front load of it you know let's say talking to ourselves before we walk into our first day of job, you know, you know, okay, you know, Natasha, this is your first day at work. We're going to make flubbles. We're going to make mistakes, perceived mistakes. It's a thing, you know, yeah. I'm just going to say, I'm going to learn to do better, you know, and, and how can I front load that? You know, um, yeah. somebody is drinking, let's say, and you know, like I had a bunch of girls and I went dancing. What did they front load that with? They made sure that there was a safe driver to drive. Yeah. You know, being responsible, mm -hmm. being responsible. So there's that front loading. And if we can't front load the knowings of a situation, then how can we negotiate the story afterwards? And, and, you know, so front load as much as you can, you know, Hey, you know, I know right. I'm not right. I'm not doing well today. You know, like for me, I probably had maybe an hour and a half of good sleep and the rest was pretty 
turmoil the rest of the night. And so today I kind of gave myself a front loaded understanding that, okay, I know that I might be running on an edge here. So how can I negotiate the story of today? Yeah. How can I negotiate the story of the day, which is take a breath more often, you yeah. know, choose well, to react, interact instead of react, you know, put that as my front load. Yeah. What I would do, I'm just thinking, okay, let's say we had a client that came to us that had that scenario where they were reckless or somehow caused somebody else some harm. What I would do with the skills that I, that I have is I would say, well, I think we could, we could get some more information for you that might help you deal with it a little easier by, you know, putting, getting them into a deep state of trance, having them go to the afterlife, have them talk to that, that soul that they, that, maybe passed away because of them, have a conversation with them and and just to telling them how sorry they are, you know, and find out in a bigger picture, is there more of a bigger picture here that was going on? Mm -hmm. You know, did I help fulfill? Was it just supposed to happen? Or was this some big lesson for me? But I think because people get those answers from the other side, they have more information to try to help them to navigate through their you know, to, to get themselves back on track again, to um, make up for what they did or to, uh, you know, I mean, just self-loathing, self-hatred and everything like that is not going to heal anything. It's just going to make things, it's like throwing gas on the fire. It's going to make things worse. So, and like if they came to you, Natasha, and you were doing a reading for them, um, you might have, you know, one of the guides or angels maybe say something that would console them or, mm -hmm. or tell them, yeah, this is what you need to do. And, you know, you're just uh, receiving um, what you have to go through because of the choices you made or something. But at least it, I would think that we could help them a little bit, you know, yeah. maybe a lot. Yes. You yes. Know, and, the that's, perspective. and that's the thing is like if, if someone's sitting in jail and they're really feeling remorse, remorseful, writing letters, writing, you know, and you don't necessarily have to mail them to the person. But writing letters to negotiate through, get it. I know that that many times when we are feeling bad about something, we really have to um, to get it out of us. How can mm. we negotiate this out of us? And you know, writing, drawing pictures, doing something to to get that emotion moving through us. Um, you know, I, I had someone who was upset that, that she, you know, wanted to, to kill someone and then found out later that they died of cancer, you know? And so she, she took it on that, you know, did I yeah. give them cancer? And it's like, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> no. Yes, we can throw energy towards someone. Yes, we can do these things, but you know, it, it is a thing that, you know, it's like a curse or someone does something to you with magic. And it's like you can either have the choice of taking it on or you or you don't, you know, it, you know, if you don't, you know, attract the curse, the curse won't be on you, you know. And and so there's those things to negotiate how we we do it. But if you look at everything as based in emotion. Everything is based in emotion that we do pretty much. And if we can negotiate through those emotions, anger is judgment, you know, sadness is judgment. Um, uh, frustration, it can be sadness and grief, you know, 
anger is sadness and grief. You know, it, whatever it is, what is it that that's really stirring on us? And if we can communicate with those emotions, and I can tell you, sometimes emotions just need to be in a pillow and screamed at you know, out. Yeah. You know, or you know, or we you know, need to, you know, draw something, you know, get it out of us. You know, there was many times, you know, when I was angry about something because things were happening in my life with an alcoholic husband and, you know, I was going through grief and there was a, um, a rap song that came on and it was, I beat the fucking, you know, steering wheel, you know, cause the beat was so strong and I turned it up, my ears hurt, but what I had to do was get that energy out of me so that I can come to more of a neutrality to negotiate what was in front of me instead of having all these different perceptions, emotions, and things coming at me, you know, yeah. that I had to get to some kind of neutrality to understand the bigger picture. And that's one thing that going to counseling, if something is bothering you, you know, instead of letting it eat at you, you know, cause that, that, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's where you don't really go at it. Um, uh, it's not there, um, but it's coming. Um, okay. You know, it's like when you're angry about something, but you're not angry outwardly, you kind of do it backwards. Uh, so you, you become passive aggressive? Passive aggressive. Yes. Okay. Passive aggressive. Oh boy, that's thing. a big one. That we is could a talk huge... about that on, on another show. That We could do a whole show on the stupid things we do to be passive aggressive. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But it's the same idea because if we don't, people who are passive aggressive don't necessarily deal with what's really happening and they don't deal with the emotions that are really happening Yeah, because either they don't have a voice about it, which I know I was passive aggressive when I was um, dealing with alcoholic husband because I couldn't have a voice, you know, it was either stay yeah. quiet or have a huge fight in front of the kids. And sometimes I would choose to be quiet, but that energy <laughs> had to go somewhere and it turned out to be a little bit more passive aggressive, which I'm not proud of, but I understand where I was at. And so I can't yeah. judge it. I understood where I was at, which is in a place of disharmony. It was in disharmony. And, you know, looking at where things are, are we in harmony with something or not? Are we flowing with it? Is it, you know, do we judge sometimes when an email doesn't go through, but yet, you know, we, we, you know, we say, oh, I'm done for a minute. And you go and do something else and come back and da, 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 and it goes through. Yeah. You know, it's like we got to work through these stories of who we are and negotiating us because that's what ends up being judgment is all these things that get piled up and and it gets into anger and anger is judgment. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking, too, for anybody watching now, if you're thinking of in your own life, if you've had some things. If you think of a certain situation that's still bothering you for some bad choices you made or some harm you caused to somebody or some fight you had with somebody that you wished you hadn't done, uh, if you close your eyes and you just your subconscious will show you a, a, a little needle, like a scale goes from one to ten, and you feel that energy in your body, you try to feel where it is in your body you're feeling it, and just watch, and it'll ping. Like, you know, if, if it's been something horrendous, it'll ping at a ten. You're thinking, oh man, that's you're just really holding all that energy inside. There's a modality that I use with my regular clients that's been very successful called EFT, 
emotional freedom technique. We talked about it many times mm -hmm. on the show, but it works miracles for uh, balancing this negative energy that you're carrying around in your body. Uh, for instance, I had uh, two clients, one who had an argument with her husband, told him to get the hell out. He took off out on his motorcycle. He's going down the freeway and a mattress fell out in front of him from a truck and he died. So she's feeling all of this guilt, all of this guilt. Like, why did I lose my temper and tell him to get the F out? And you know, if, he, if I hadn't done that, he'd still be alive, you know. And another one um, was she was having postpartum uh, depression from a birth. And the husband wasn't getting the attention they need. He was, yeah, you're giving all the attention to the baby, not to me. And she, she's sitting at the tables. There's a cup there. She throws it at him. And it, he lost an eye, you know, hit him in the eye. And he, now he's blind in one eye. Oh, my gosh, you can imagine the guilt you feel and all that and stuff, you know. So doing the, uh, the tapping from both of them, both of them were able to get it from a 10 down to a 3 or 4 and then to a 2. And then eventually was in a third session, they were, they still had guilt and felt shame a little bit about it, but it wasn't enough to where they would, you know, be doing drugs, alcohol, or really hating themselves. So there are some modalities that us psychologists mm -hmm. use for helping people to get through those things, you know. So um, you look it up, EFT, or go to my website. There's a videos on it, and you'll see that it's something that really, really works. And we can do it even uh, a session for you over Zoom or something to mm -hmm. help you with that, you know, or exactly. Have you go to the afterlife, spend a couple hours there, get a real big picture of it. That's that's even a thing that you can do or call Natasha up and <clears throat> she'll help you get some perspective from it. Exactly. Um, I, I do a lot of meditations where I have someone um, walk a path and we get a lot of that same scenario taken care of <clears throat> through that meditation. We go in and and, you know, have people meet, you know, like I, I've been doing some meditating now. I've never been a meditator. And then I had mm. Jesus come to me and he said, mm -hmm. Tosh, it's time for you to meditate. So he says, here, come to a bench. Every time come to a bench. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so I've been coming to a bench All and right. it it's amazing who is there. I never know who's going to be there. It's been a bear. There's been um, a star <laughs> being called Ju His name is Jupiter. Um, there's, wow. you know, all these different things. And like Jesus said, you know, this bench, you know, there, when we sat, when I sat with him, I was, my mind was rolling and he says, yeah, the bench could be a roller coaster. So we could be riding a roller coaster and having a conversation. So this bench has been in front of the ocean, has been in front of trees, been in front, it's been out in space. It's been, that's a good, yeah. You know, and, but it's always me going to a bench, and 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 so with that, that that going there, but going to that space, it's been amazing how much I've had a conversation with scenarios mm -hmm. to help me through my scenarios, mm -hmm. and that's what I love to present for people is is that I give them a chance to go into a place to find something to help them heal or help them negotiate or find the bigger picture because a lot of times this stuff is contractually done you know we yeah. were meant to have something and if we're not on the right path something will happen to alter us mm -hmm. there's there's things that that happen where you know like there's a uh, someone who lost their leg Right. And they were on this path going down and and they when they self-reflected, they thought, you know, towards the end, right before that accident, they were feeling like they they were feeling untruthful with that path. It was starting to feel not right. 
-hmm. and and yet they didn't listen and then they went into that accident and come to find out that new path that they're on was the thing that their soul really wanted them to experience and learn you know like for you doing your hypnotherapy now you've learned perspectives of other people which has helped you to be more kinder yeah Oh yeah. Like like for me, it, my this path for me has been about owning my own empowerment. Owning my own empowerment, showing shining my light. And it, but yet it's put me into scenarios to challenge that. You know, like yesterday I was driving down the road and I almost had somebody come out and T-bone me or I almost T-boned them. You know, cuz they came out from the yeah. side of the road and and luckily I had my I, I put on my brakes in time, you know, and she stopped in time. But the thing is, though, that I could have sat there and go, oh, God, oh, yeah, oh, oh, you know, and, and really get into the fear and the angst of it. But what I said, thank you. Thank you. Because I didn't become that situation. Yeah. I stayed in my light. And so with that, that that experience was here to help me stay in my light. Yeah. You know, I I was pulling out of a driveway. I had to, I was looking for some business and, you know, following a map quest or something. And, you know, how sometimes it's like right next to you, but you don't see it. And it's telling you to turn and go, oh, it's not here or anything. And anyway, I went in there, but I, my mind was kind of on that. So I started to pull out again in the street and one of those giant Coke trucks, you know, there's one that's uh, like 20 feet long and just big red, you know, big, huge trucks like this came by at about 40 miles an hour and i i i swerved my 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 van and came he came by about 40 miles an hour and knocked my uh my uh, uh what do i call it my uh your mirror my mirror off and first thing i did was i think i said oh my god thank god it was just the mirror because i would have been smashed big time you know and it was like a wake-up call for me to look look you're you're you know, when we're doing this stuff, like following map quests and all that stuff, you gotta you gotta not be in a state of hypnosis and only do it. You gotta be aware of everything else around mm -hmm. you. You know, we have to be. It's like texting when you're driving. You know, it's a little bit like that when you're trying to follow your phone and you know, you know, we we, we gotta you know be more careful. So ever since that day, I mean, I I've never, you know, it's really made me be a lot more careful. And to thank mm -hmm. God that it was just a mirror. You know, it could have been a lot worse. You know. I mean, the Coke truck stopped and everything is, oh, man, you OK? And he looked at his, there was a tiny little scratch on his thing. He says, ah, don't worry about it. And he just took off, you know, so. Uh, yeah, know, it, 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 it's it's a thing. But, you know, so I hope that, you know, we're coming down to the end of our hour that, you know, even though we didn't give you a lot of tools, which quick little mantras will help. My first day, it's my first day, it's my first day, it's my first day. Breathe, 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 you know. I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm human. I'm human. I'm human. I'm human. This is my humanist coming out. This is my humanist coming out. You know, what can we do to negotiate through these judgments to break the patterns of beating ourselves with a stick? You know, that metaphorical stick. You know, we're here to learn. We're yeah. here to learn. And failure is only a perspective. Because many times when a business doesn't do it, when we don't do it right the first time, the right word is yeah cliche you know what is right if we don't do it you know well the first time because we're learning how to do it how can we negotiate that that is part of the 
the stepping stone of figuring out how to do it better each time. You know, the learning skill. Well, if I hit myself with a nail, you know, when I'm holding a nail and with the hammer, how can I learn to do that different? You know, and and how can I negotiate things? So it's that thing. So thinking, getting the perspective that we're here to learn and it's, it's going up the ladder or going to a different place, you know, jumping to another place. We can only do better to do better when we, when we have that perspective, because if we stay in judgment, we slow our we slow our inner growth down because we stay stagnant because it's such an emotional place. And if we yeah, stay the, in emotions, we don't move forward as easily. Yeah, the ladder to success is always filled uh, is always filled with a lot of uh, rejection, a lot of missteps. Uh, it's never just perfect, 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 mm-hmm. all the way up to the steps. I mean, you sometimes you cannot get to a next step up until you have some sort of loss or failure to help you see what you need to do to get to that next step. So, you know, um, I learned that way back when I took sales courses back when I was in my 20s and, and that taking all these uh, courses. And uh, I forget it was Zig Ziglar, I guess he was the big, uh, big guy back then giving all these sales things you know zig ziglar mm-hmm. courses and he was saying what you do is you find out what your what your occupation is and each occupation is different for the amount of no's you're going to get to you get a yes mm-hmm. you know so you find out with like say if it's insurance which people hate to hit buy insurance you get a lot more no's there before you get a yes but he says well just count the no's and then you know you just keep going 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 get as many no's as you can because that's going to take to get that yes you know and once people realize that, then they just looked at the nose as, okay, I got 10 nose now. I know on the 11th one, it's coming. The law of Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, getting closer. Yeah, so you don't take it, you know, personal that way. But it's, it's the same with us in learning everything, you know, like for me to be, to learn to be selfless or um, uh, to be kind, you know, had a lot of times when I was beaten down, a lot of times when I didn't, but it's not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get up. Get right? back up. Exactly. Yeah. It's how so many times do you get back up? I think that's a good place to leave it, you know, yeah. leave this well, conversation. It's how many times do you get back up? And right. perseverance is, oh my gosh, it, this is going to be the year of the, the Chinese year of the rabbit. It's going to be about persevering. You know, how do we persevere through trying to find that hole in the in the fence around the the yeah. the garden of of um, of wisdom? You know, it's like how we you can't find the first hole. You got to maybe find two or three before you get in and do it well. So, you know, to use a metaphor there. Um, but, you know, it's it's that dance. How can we do that? Yeah. So and, and we've okay. learned the skills that's out there. That's what we do is to help people get back up. So if you're down in the mud and you don't know what to do, I mean, this is when either us or some other therapist or some other media, I mean, what you're comfortable with, the main thing is that there are people out there. We've developed some skills that make it a little easier or a Mm -hmm. lot easier in some cases for you to get back up on the wagon and move forward. And that's what we're here to do. So, you know, visit theafterlife.com. There's some great videos on my website. Um, that teach uh, what hypnosis really is. You can see some uh, videos on EFT on there, which will make you a believer pretty quick to see how miraculous that works. And then you go to the spiritual side and visit the afterlife, and you can see some videos of, uh, there's even a video there of a young lady going through this process where she visits the other side for a few hours and comes back. Um, so can help you there. And uh, Natasha, if we can both do it over Zoom or in person, you know, depending on where you're at in the world. 
it doesn't matter if you're actually like a lot of our people listening have been in England lately. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get people from India, different places. Uh, so we just, you know, because of the technology now, you know, we can be there right there with you on Zoom and uh, and help you. And exactly. uh, right, Natasha, you do a lot of sessions on either by the phone or on Zoom, too, don't you? Exactly. Yes, I do. I, I really do. And then one thing about Zoom, what I like is that it's recorded. So you can also send it so people can, uh, can yeah. uh, re go through and rehear some scenarios that way. Yeah. So you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. If you would like to set up a session, I have um, an appointment on my um, on my um, negotiation there <laughs> on my website. And then um, you can also, uh, if you really like what you're seeing, please um, like or share the scenario because this conversation is one that um, I really hope that people know that <clears throat> that you are loved and the angels, guides, Jesus, Mother Mary, they don't hold you in judgment. They really do not hold you in judgment. They hold you in love and kindness because we're here to learn. We are yeah. really here to learn. So. Oh, and one other thing too, we were talking about med you started meditation before we're off here. When thousands and thousands of people have done this process, over 70,000 so far through the Newton Institute, when people ask over there, what's the best way to evolve spiritually? What's the best practice to have? What's the best religion? It comes down, they always say, meditation that's mm -hmm. god's get you know in the bible it says the kingdom of god is within you know this is yep. in meditation is a way of going within uh so um you know um just just for your not and uh insight timer that app insight timer is a good meditation app there are others out there it's free there's hundreds of things to do on there whether you have five minutes or an hour to meditate all different kinds of ways of meditating so you can choose to depending on your personality and your, you know, how much time you have. So exactly, anyway. exactly. And, and I know that for me, I'm always available to the universe, but there's a little bit something different that, especially <laughs> with the energies we're going through right now, that spending just that extra little time to connect in a different way has been a different kind of blessing. Uh, Cause I do hear things, yeah. but it's just a different kind of blessing. So, uh, Regan, you can reach him at visittheafterlife.com. You can reach me at um, angelicclarifications.com. We are here every Monday at 4 o'clock Pacific time. And uh, we are going to talk about different subjects. Don't know what we're going to talk about next week. This week is different for me. On Wednesday, I will not be on. I will be on Thursday at four o'clock Pacific time. I have something, um, we have a teacher that I have known for about 20 years that's retiring and I really want to go to her uh, retirement you party gotta go. Wednesday and it's at four o'clock. So, um, I will be on Thursday live on Thursday. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about going through the, the ending process of the, the grief, the, the little griefs that we've been going through lately is what I'll be talking about on Thursday at four o'clock Pacific time on YouTube, Instagram, and um, Twitter and um, uh, Facebook. So. Okay. Okay. So blessings <laughs> See you to all. you all. See you all next week. Okay. Bye now. Oh, and if you like podcasts, all these shows are on podcasts. So please go to Natasha Venter uh, or Natasha at Life Clarifications uh, on any podcast.
Blessings yeah, to you. Feel, Bye feel now. Free to, feel free to interact with us on YouTube and Facebook also. Yes, definitely. Okay. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye.